my name is uh, Sam Yushio, and I am the uh, principal at the Ikigai Lab. And with me is Ryan Wolf, who is the physical well-being lead at Gallup. And this is the uh, well-being while working from home uh, webinar. Uh, so I think it's important just to start off by saying, um, you know, we're in unprecedented times. Uh, Ryan and I had this conversation about this webinar uh, roughly two, little over two weeks ago. And at the time when we had that conversation about this webinar, it was a very different time than what we're in right now. Uh, so schools were still in session. Uh, NBA was still playing basketball games. Travel was still largely okay. And working from home um, was still kind of a convenience thing. It wasn't, it wasn't mandatory. Uh, I'm based in Seattle, Washington. Ryan's based in, in Omaha and uh, Nebraska. And um, when we were having this conversation here in Seattle, uh, some of the technology companies, in particular Amazon, I think Google and Facebook, had moved to a uh, work-from-home policy. Um, since that time, roughly two weeks, maybe about 20 days, 20, 20 days ago, um, things have evolved very rapidly. Uh, so Ryan and I have been in contact trying to get this stuff, this information updated, and hopefully what you'll find will be useful. Um, so with that, uh, I'm just going to start this off and kick off to to this. And we'll start here. So this is the picture of what Ryan and I look like when we're not working from our homes. Um, and Ryan, if you can just start off by giving some background on, on you and what you do at Gallup, that'd be you great. You bet. Absolutely. Well, it, yeah, it's good to be here. And thanks, everybody, for joining. Um, so I, um, I started my career a while back um, about 17 or so years ago with Gallup right after undergrad. And I, I, I got my degree in exercise science. So I started working in the fitness center at Gallup at their new headquarters in Omaha. I, was, I really had no idea I'd ever work for Gallup. And then here I am uh, 17 years later, but uh, it's been a great ride. And nowadays I still, uh, I still help people. Um, I, I help oversee our fitness center operations, but now I'm our physical well-being lead. And we have done, Gallup's done a lot of research on well-being and we have a five element model. So physical well-being is what I, uh, is what I specialize in and I help people really thrive in their health. So when we think about um, the habits that they form and the practices that they that they complete each and every day revolving around physical activity and exercise and nutrition and sleep and everything else. So, so that's what I do. Great. Uh, thanks, Ryan. So Ryan and I have known each other for some time. Uh, we got reacquainted about a year ago. So I went through the process of becoming a Gallup Certified Strength Coach. Uh, went to Omaha and met uh, with, with Ryan, who gave me a deep dive to have a better understanding on, on strength. So since then, we've been on a pretty regular cadence of talking about well-being in the workplace. And uh, obviously, that's um, a high priority today. So let's talk about the agenda. So what we'd first like to start off with is the macro trends. So if we zoom out from uh, the situation that we're in right now, there's a lot of information that we can learn from in terms of the trend toward well-being and the trend toward uh, work from home. 
Uh, so we're going to talk about just some basic trends there. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, we'll define well-being. Uh, so as Brian mentioned, there are five dimensions that Gallup references or uses uh, in well-being. Uh, through the Ikigai lens, I take a little bit of a different spin. Both of them are leading toward the same end of enhancing well-being for the, for the individual. Um, then we'll get into the bulk of the conversation, which is uh, tips, um, information that you can use to deploy while you're working from home uh, to enhance your well-being. Uh, we'll open it up for Q&A. So in your uh, Zoom, uh, I believe it's in the top right, um, there's a Q&A. So if you have questions as we're uh, talking, uh, please just drop that in at any time, and then I'll take a look into the Q&A occasionally. Um, and we'll pull out a question or two for the Q&A toward the tail end, and then we'll close. Uh, so if we first start off with this framework, I think this is a really important framework. This comes from a guy named Carl Ronke, who is an expert in experiential learning. And Ronke says that we have three zones in life. We have the uh, comfort zone. On the far end, in the red, we have the panic zone. And in between those two zones, we have the growth zone. And this is a framework uh, that I've used within the Ikigai curriculum for some time. You know, if we think about two weeks ago when Ryan and I had that call, uh, it was relatively normal. We were pre pretty much as a society and in a very comfortable space, um, operating business as usual with a little bit of, of um, you know, kind of some inconveniences, if you will. Uh, last week, this is just me personally, I'm expecting that most of you had some version of this. Uh, Last week, it was very different, right? As we were absorbing information, maybe even two weeks ago now, as we were absorbing information, uh, trying to adapt to um, this new normal that we're facing, uh, panic started to set in. How do I uh, work from home? Am I set up for work from home? Do I have something in the background that looks uh, reasonable? Uh, how do I keep my three kids outside of the door? Uh, how do two parents juggle? How do we get, um, uh, how do we get groceries? You know, just, just the basics became suddenly um, significantly more challenging than they had in the past. And what I want to anchor on uh, for next week and, and, and moving forward, uh, the goal of this webinar is really to encourage you to control the controllables. Um, so how can, we, how can we take some tools that have been developed uh, to really shift our mindset to understand that um, being outside of the comfort zone may actually present an opportunity. Uh, we don't necessarily have to panic um, when things change. If we shift our mindset, there's an opportunity to embrace things in a different way. Uh, Ryan, anything to add there? No, that, that's, that's great. Yeah, I think we all can agree that we'd like to uh, you know, take advantage and leverage that growth zone. That's kind of a, the silver lining to to this whole um, crisis is that there's there there's an opportunity to really to grow in that zone. Uh, so just some quick data points on the trends toward remote working. Uh, this you know what we're doing right now isn't anything new. Uh, this is something that many of you have been doing in the past. It just hasn't been full time. Uh, so over the last five years, 44% have been doing remote work all the way up to, you know, when we compare it to 12 years ago, it's a 159% increase. Um, so if we think about that trend over the course of time and how technology has advanced and changed and enabled us to be more effective uh, by 
it, it, uh, from home. Um, there's another survey that Ryan and I looked at uh, that was conducted to people who are working from home. And, you know, what are the benefits of working remotely uh, and what are the struggles of working remotely? So these, this was a survey that was conducted um, prior to COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Uh, and it was basically asking people the question, well, what are the benefits and what are the struggles that you face? And so I think this gives some unique insight into um, what you should lean into and what you should be aware of. So when we think about, well, what are the benefits of, of being quarantined in our homes and working from home? Uh, you know, the number one uh, benefit is that we do have a lot more flexibility than we historically had. Uh, one thing that's not on here that I think is especially important is many of us face very long commute times. Within the Seattle Metro, I think the average commute time is uh, pushing an hour and a half to two hours. So how can you effectively use that time to be uh, more efficient um, or leverage it in different ways? Uh, the third point right here is time with family. Uh, I was telling Ryan right before we kicked off here, I had a three-year-old walk in and show me a picture uh, and had a, a lot of descriptions on that picture. You know, those times are priceless. So how can you leverage um, that opportunity to, to spend more quality time with the family. The thing that you should be aware of uh, or concerned about uh, are down at the bottom. So the struggles of working remotely, uh, work's always there. So it's maybe a little bit more challenging to unplug from work. Uh, loneliness uh, is something that an article that uh, Ryan and uh, at, uh, Dr. Adam Hickman uh, co-authored um, that he'll talk about here in a second. Loneliness, uh, social isolation is something to be concerned about or put on your put on your radar, I should say, and then other various uh, struggles. So um, with this, I'll, I'll shift gears a bit and hand it over to Ryan uh, to talk about this article that he published on March 12th with, uh, with Adam and, uh, and provide some context on how to keep well-being well high when working remote. Yeah, you bet. So thanks for all that context. And Adam, I think it was March 10th or 9th when Adam brought the idea to me and he said, hey, there's, it's going to really spike. Um, there's going to be a lot of people working remotely uh, from home here in the next, in the coming weeks and months. So how can we prepare them to think about their health habits and their well-being and not just their physical well-being, but their their, their entire well-being and that of, of their families. So I took it from my, from my lens. And the nice, so I'll, I'll just share the other elements of well-being um, in terms of the way Gallup has defined them and researched them. Um, back in 2010, we did uh, a large study of, of a global study and, um, and it just really wanted to find out what makes a life worth living, um, what, what gives people most fulfillment. And they all kind of funneled into five elements. So there's a physical well-being, career well-being, social, community, and financial. So when I when I look at it from my kind of biased physical well-being lens, because that's kind of the world that I've operated in for a long time, I think about how can how can we improve our physical well-being? And knowing that the science says that all these elements are interrelated and interdependent of each other, how can they hoist each other up? So 
I just started by writing down some bullet points and I ended up with seven of them and you can you can check out the article um, itself online and really I started with exercise and um, so it's pretty obvious right so activity and exercise and um, it, it's going to change a lot a lot of us are used to um, a routine that we have that's probably outside of our home and we're just we need to really think about how um, we can get something different going and, and establish a new routine that we do um, either in our home or if we're lucky enough to continue to keep going outside, um, doing it there as well. And, um, you know, a lot of our research from, from our global study on well-being um, talked about, uh, or kind of the revelations were that we need to uh, maybe think about exercise a little bit differently than what's traditional. And we need to find some, some really short-term rewards instead of long-term um, that aren't necessar necessarily as motivating. So some of, the, some of the recommendations are to work out um, and exercise first thing in the morning because when we, when we work out, we get this lift, this, we get endorphins and we get kind of a, a, a natural high that lasts for hours. And uh, when we do that, it'd be nice to uh, stay awake and, and really reap the benefits of that throughout our whole workday. So th that's, um, that's something that I've been thinking about um, and trying to implement um, as well here in my own home. It doesn't always happen every single day because um, sometimes um, might be might be staying up late and you need that extra uh, time to sleep in the morning so when that happens I encourage people to um, again think about exercise differently than they have before you don't necessarily have to put on all your gym gear uh, and change into um, in, into gym shoes you can get a lot of good physical activity and exercise in in just your normal clothes like this in fact I have a group uh, a couple of buddies that every every single hour we ping each other to do push-ups so something like that can be accumulated throughout the day instead of set a time set 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 aside some time to carve out you know time to to completely be away from everything now i do love uh the opportunity to do that and to get a sweat and everything but it's nice to have that flexibility and know that all right if i didn't get if, if i don't have time to commit um to do my normal routine, I can accumulate some some physical activity and exercise elsewhere throughout the day. Sam, any thoughts on that? Uh, no. Well, I think the, there's there's a lot of um, research that supports the benefit of routines and habits, and uh, so at least within my household, so I've got uh, three young children. What we've tried to do is be more intentional about um, this movement in in the morning. Uh, whether that's a couple of walks around the block with the kids or um, throwing out a lot of, of um, just letting the kids come up with ideas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what, what I've found myself doing uh, that I w will not uh, show on this webinar is dancing to music that my <laughs> kids come up with from Alexa. You know, so I think this is that, that idea where, you know, you can throw out a lot of conventional uh, ideas of what's what's right or wrong, what's good or bad in terms of, um, of movement and uh, just, you know, think about things differently. Mm -hmm. um, Ryan, I'd be curious about, so you run the In the Zone program at Gallup. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about maybe the key tenets of that program and yeah. how 
how uh, listeners can apply that uh, potentially at home? Yeah, you bet. So In the Zone is the name of our internal well-being program. It's a gamified program. So a lot of people are familiar with, with those types of, uh, uh, of programs. So some, some other examples would be um, like Limeade, which is in uh, based in Seattle, is a great example of an organization who is, who's kind of gamified uh, physical well-being and well-being in general. Um, they're also trying to gamify engagement into their platform, uh, which engagement is, is also, um, you know, engagement is so um, impacted uh, and relates so complementary to well-being. So we can get into engagement later, Sam, but um, so in the zone, there's, uh, I, I create a lot of content and challenges and I really play to Gallup's culture. Uh, and making sure that I'm kind of ingraining our entire mission, our organization's mission and our vision into the physical well-being and, and other elements of well-being and into, into all those uh, challenges that we complete on a regular basis. Sometimes challenges are a month long. Sometimes they're just a couple weeks. I actually just pushed the play button on a challenge, a social well-being challenge last hour where um, I encouraged people so they're, um, to, to think about their social well-being. So, so, so in, our, in our current state, we can't travel, right? Or it's, 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 um, it's very hard to travel and have vacations. So a lot of those are getting disrupted and put off and, and canceled. So what I did was I uh, created a challenge where, um, where you as a Gallup employee find, um, find a, a, a photo that you took um, from a vacation uh, and then send it uh, in, in, in with from like with a friend or a family member send it to them um, somebody who you're socially distancing with now so you can kind of recollect all the great memories um, that you had together so it's kind of a way to socially connect um, travel is a great a booster of well-being because we have this anticipatory period where we're thinking about our trip and we're planning for it and getting excited for it and then so that's the pre-stage during our trip we're developing relationships having great experiences um, throughout the day and then post vacation we have all these great memories uh, stories and photos so right now I'm focusing on that third element of vacation where we can we can remember and reshare all those great stories and not just share with, uh, not just think about it uh, in our own bubble, but get that out there to the people who um, we know and love and, and miss right now. So that's just uh, a, just a, a snapshot example of, of In the Zone. Great. Um, how about in terms of just the, the, um, the basics of physical well-being? So uh, hydration, uh, sleep. Can you can you talk through mm -hmm. um, what that looks like and your perspective there? Yeah. So so I'd say there's there's three core elements of physical well-being and you and um, and you might you might be able to throw your own in there, um, but but ours are are exercise or physical activity and nutrition and sleep. 
So I really focus on those. A lot of a lot of our challenges are revolve around those, and they're all they're really all interrelated. I just mentioned how you know sometimes you might be staying up late uh, later than normal, so your your exercise pattern and routine gets thrown off a little bit, um, and then that might change your hunger level throughout the day if you're not getting enough sleep. So you can kind of see how they're all balanced and interrelated um, um, with each other, and they and when we can get one right, then we're more likely to get the other right um, down the line. So, so that's kind of how I, I view it and see it. Yeah. So there's a, a, a book that's been out for a long time called Blue Zones. Uh, mm -hmm. It's written by a National Geographic researcher named Dan Butner. Uh, I believe the Blue Zones issue was one of the most popular issues of National Geographic ever published. And Butner had gone on a quest to uncover where do people live longest in the world. He called those those five areas the blue zones. And the framework that he uses for longevity is th three of which uh, Ryan just mentioned. It's um, physical activity, which is more integrated exercise. So, you know, what Butner says is uh, when you go to Okinawa, Japan, you don't see these 102-year-olds going to work out at a CrossFit gym, right? They've, they've integrated into their life um, habits and routines that force them to conduct physical activity, right? So gardening would be a good example. So that's one, physical activity. Two is um, diet. Uh, that one's probably the most obvious. Three is community. So um, social, uh, you know, um, socializing with, with others. Uh, and then the fourth is uh, perspective, mentality, uh, and some mindset. And so I, I think a lot of that would tie back to the to Ronke's work that I mentioned at the top. You know, how can you shift your perspective in a way that's more growth zone oriented? Um, the habits and routines, Ryan. Uh, so the call that you and and uh, Adam had done, Dr. Hipman had done. Um, there were some great points in there about just uh, habits and routines and placement and just being mindful of, of um, you know, the stationary uh, work that we're doing from home. Um, so one thing that came to mind for me, that definitely resonated with me, and I'd love for you to kind of riff on this a little bit, was um, little things like uh, one takeaway that I had from that call was I've started filling up my coffee cup only halfway. And what that forces me to do is when the coffee's done, I have to get up and I have to kind of pull away from the laptop and, and go uh, pour another half cup of coffee. So little things like that. Um, I'd love for your, for your, if you have any additional thoughts or yeah. ideas that you guys talked about. Okay. Half cups of coffee. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I like that. This one, this one was kind of full though. I, I got to admit, cause we were going to be here <laughs> for a while. <laughs> nice. You can keep it hot, right? So that, that you can right. avoid it from getting too cold. Well, right. so, so what you're talking about is setting positive defaults. And that's something that the wellbeing research from a decade ago, uh, from the Gallup did, uh, that, that's what, that's what was discovered was that people who are living the healthiest, um, their healthiest lives, whether uh, and, and not just their physical well-being, but their entire well-being, they have positive defaults set in place. So 
they can kind of fall into a healthy lifestyle and a healthy pattern and they don't have to fight it. They don't have to make decisions and use up all that willpower. That brain power, we wake up each day and we have a finite amount of it. So uh, if you think about um, Zuckerberg, he just likes to wear, and, and, um, and Steve Jobs, they like to wear the same thing over and over each day because that way they don't have to think about and make decisions about um, what they're going to wear and they can use that brain power uh, in other in other portions of their day that's that's more crucial we can we can do that same thing in our exercise or in our in our well-being routine at home as well um, i like to um, you know make sure i'm never hunkered down too long at my laptop which i'm normally downstairs in my basement working on so rather than rather than bring a cup of water and a cup of coffee and my breakfast down there. Um, I'll grab one, I'll go back when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm done with one, bring the other one back. So I'm getting that built in, building in that physical activity throughout the day. There's other ways you can do this too. So like with financial well-being, you can opt into um, direct deposits to your uh, 401k or direct contributions to for your 401k or additional savings plans and things like that. Um, same with social well-being. Like you can add, you can calendarize um, the social activity you know you need um, and, and put it on your calendar so you have those prompts um, or you can just tell people, hey, will you please uh, will you please contact me at X and uh, you know 3 p.m. so we can have this conversation. Um, there's a lot of other ways um, you can you can build these positive defaults into your routine. So you, you're, you're, just, um, you're just not having to think about it, not having to fight um, the kind of the environmental um, push that leads us to kind of stagnation. Like the, all, a lot of the physical activity that was in our world 50 or 100 years ago has been just engineered out. And it's really easy for us to just sit around and um, eat really high um, caloric dense food and not have to really move very much. We can hop in the car and get to where we need to go and, and not have to move much um, to get there. So, so, so yeah, positive default, Sam. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, one thing that came to mind right there and earlier when you were talking about your friends that has the text, uh, the text chain on an on a ongoing basis, there's an app that I've discovered recently. It was sent to me by someone uh, a couple of days ago called Spar. Okay. You heard of it? No. So Spar is an app where um, it's been around for a while, but you can opt in to different challenges. I haven't seen what it looks like. Uh, actually, it was sent to me before uh, COVID-19. Um, uh, but you can opt into different challenges and I've, everyone has a stake in the game. I think you put in like a dollar or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you have to video yourself doing what the challenge is. So if the challenge nice. is to do 10 pushups a day, you have to video yourself, video yourself doing the, the, um, 10 pushups. And then if you don't do it, then you're out. And then eventually mm -hmm. the last person standing wins the pot. Um, so it's kind of an interesting spin, uh, and I believe, I haven't checked it since uh, everything, uh, you know, since the new normal happened, but I'm assuming the creativity is flourishing over there. So for those of you that are looking, you know, kind of stuck in a, in a one-bedroom apartment in a high-rise and don't have as much flexibility to move up and down stairs and stuff like that as others may, um, that, could, that could be a resource for you uh, mm -hmm. to check out. 
Um, you know, another thing I wanted to mention, another resource to check out uh, is I saw this late last night that Yale uh, opened up the, so on Coursera, you can go to, Coursera is a technology platform. Um, they made the Yale uh, Science of Happiness course uh, available for free. And so it's a series of lectures by a Yale professor with a background in psychology. Um, I forgot the woman's name, but uh, I watched a, about 10 to 15 minutes worth. And it's, it's, it's great. Uh, it gives you some great insight into the science of happiness. And then there is prompts to, to document and, and prompt discovery, uh, personal discovery there. So that's another resource to check out. Um, Ryan, any resources that come, <clears throat> excuse me, come to mind um, that, that have hit your radar radar or resources that are offered through the Gallup organization? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I, uh, the Coursera, Yale course, I just saw that um, on an email as well today. So, um, so that looks really cool. I'm going to check that out. There's, there's so many um, of so many gyms and we'll call them fitness apps that are they've just kind of they've waived all registration during this period of time it's it's truly amazing so there's things like daily burn they've been around for a few years and it's at home exercises that you can um, you can they're, they're guided and instructed um, courses that you can take there's um, so the Peloton, obviously we all, uh, you know, Peloton put, has put forth a resurgence of marketing and, and product placement over the last year. And th their app is, is not just usable, um, or I should say it's not um, bike agnostic. It, or, so it is, it's agnostic. Um, it doesn't have to be used on the bike. You can, um, you, can use, you can use it like with strength workouts and yoga and mindfulness, um, those types of sessions. Um, there's a whole lot, whole lot other ones out there. I heard today that Jazzercise On Demand um, had 10,000 users this morning during their morning wow. workout. So um, if you just, I would just do a quick Google, even if, even if you think that something might be uh, too expensive or like uh, it's not free, there's a pretty good chance that it's free right now, at least for a short period of time, you might have to um, you might be obligated to pay if you continue your, your subscription um, past their terms, but uh, now's a good time to find something that you love, and that's so important for physical activity and exercise, is not, not falling into something that is really, truly demanding and something you don't enjoy. You, um, we, we really need to find something that we love and that we look forward to and that gives us joy in that lift, that endorphin lift uh, when we're done with it. And if it's something um, that we don't like, then we're, we're not as likely to retain that habit. So uh, now's a great time to experiment with something new. So I'm checking out the chat right now and it looks like um, a couple of resources have been dropped into the chat. So, um, Thank you for those who have dropped those resources in. Uh, Gregory had mentioned the Berkeley Greater Good Science Center uh, has great resources. I, 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 I've come across them on occasion, I know the tip of the iceberg. Um, Pelot so Gregory also mentioned that Peloton has offered some free and discounted programs. 
Uh, Kevin dropped a link into this article to the um, Keeping a Remote Worker Wellbeing High. Uh, and then Bobby has got some resources on there for a four minute routine. So if others have uh, resources that you've come across, please drop it into the chat. I think that'd be great. Um, um, you know, one, so Ryan had mentioned mindfulness. Uh, in my experience, what I've learned with a, a, originally a background in financial services and then kind of moving outside of financial services into purpose-driven change management, the, the word mindfulness and meditation, it can be super buzzy. Uh, a lot of people, um, uh, see the benefit in it, um, but are oftentimes a little bit distant or are concerned about it. Um, somehow they find links uh, that sometimes exist, but don't always exist. And so I, I, I think um, this concept of mindfulness is incredibly important right now. Um, and so one thought for you is, you know, if I remember the first time that I uh, tried meditation, it was, um, it was, it was, it was challenging to say the least, uh, but it's like a muscle, right? Like you just continue to work and work and work. But what a framework that you can use is that the benefits of, of, of meditation don't have to be uh, solely anchored in closing your eyes, crossing your legs and doing this. Um, the benefits of meditation through mindfulness are everywhere. And it's oftentimes just focusing on one singular thing. So it could be something as simple as uh, taking a blank sheet of paper, drawing a dot in the middle and drawing tight little circles and try to make as many circles as you can and do that for a minute. That'll help you focus your mind. It'll close out a lot of the, a lot of the noise and help you focus. Um, another idea that I'd stumbled across is uh, music. So this comes from, I wanna get this right, make sure that I give, this group credit, the Mind Lab International, which I believe is over in the UK. They had done some research um, to uncover what are the top 10 songs for relaxation, to lower anxiety, to lower stress. What they found was, so the, the actual study itself, they gave uh, participants puzzles and they had varying degrees of, of um, complex puzzles. Um, and then they hooked them up with diodes and had them listen to songs. And they were measuring on these diodes uh, or these sensors, uh, brain activity, heart rate, blood pressure, and your breathing rate. So it's this whole concept of mind-body. Um, what they found when playing uh, these songs, I think in particular the number one song, this weightless song, was that it decreased overall anxiety by 65% uh, and had a 35% reduction in usual physio physiologic <laughs> physiological resting rate. There you go. There we go. There we go. Um, so then you start to dig into the song itself, and the song's about an eight to nine minute song, and and the song uh, was actually co-created with sound therapists, right? So uh, there's a list of ten songs that you could listen to if you don't want to close your eyes and and uh, you know, get on the Headspace app or you're having challenges with meditation, uh, what you could do is just pick one of these songs. Uh, you could go out to Spotify. The Mind Lab International has actually created a playlist of these 10 songs. I believe they've added more songs since then. And uh, just listen to the songs and think about this and it should help. Um, it's science-based, it should help start to, to minimize 
some stress and anxiety. Uh, some other just quick, quick ideas there on the mindfulness front are um, brushing your teeth, right? So if when you brush your teeth, if you just focus on the, the two minutes of brushing your teeth, uh, just actually think about how the sensation feels as you're brushing your teeth, what toothpaste tastes like, just focus in there and not let your mind drift, you know, put the phone down uh, uh, and just concentrate. You've got two to three times a day where you're going to get the benefits of mindfulness that's already habitual. So you're just taking something that you're already doing and you're leveling it up uh, ever so slightly. The other thing is with meals, right? So when you, um, when you eat, uh, just sit down and be intentional about what you're eating. Like just be mindful of how it tastes, the sensation of it. Uh, don't stare at your phone and scroll up. Um, just enjoy uh, the moment. Yeah, I could, um, if, yeah, just let me yeah. jump in on that. I could echo yeah. how uh, mindful eating is, is so important for us. I, I mentioned there's an abundance of um, calorie dense food out in the stores that make it make it really easy to overconsume uh, in terms of the, the number uh, or volume of energy that we need to live a healthy life. And um, a lot of these foods, these foods are, are really hyper palatable. And if we get lost in our laptop or our phone while we're eating, uh, we can just completely lose track of how much we've eaten. And we also kind of rob ourselves the opportunity of, of, of really enjoying that moment and, and uh, tapping into our taste buds and being thankful for the food that we have. Kind of live in an abundant society where thing, we, just, we don't have to worry about um, you know, staying, staying nourished because there's so much food, but um, it, we get really positive experiences when we slow down and really let, um, let our taste buds do some, do some, um, uh, some of their action. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, so I'll, I'll prompt for Q and A. I know a lot of people are dropping some stuff into the chat. I've got a couple questions, uh, direct questions about, um, various things. So uh, there will be a follow-up. So we're recording this, this uh, webinar. Uh, we'll send the link on a follow-up. We'll include some additional resources, including the paper, including the list of these songs. Um, any resources that are sent via the chat room, um, assuming that it's uh, appropriate and applicable, we'll drop those into the follow-up as well. Um, you know, so uh, Ryan and I got connected through uh, through Gallup being strengths coaches. I think that's probably another important point to mention right now. Um, you know, leaning into your strengths, uh, understanding what those strengths are uh, can help you navigate. Uh, if we talk about self-discovery, self-awareness, it's a good foundation. So for those of you who have conducted your strengths and maybe it's like, I, I remember I had some positivity thing, but I can't remember the other four. It's a good time to revisit those, dust them off and come back to them. Um, and think about those strengths in terms of the environment uh, that we're in right now. How can you lean into those strengths within um, the home, within the work, within this kind of new normal that we're in? Uh, for those of you that aren't, haven't conducted the strengths, you can go to uh, the Gallup website, you can, there's a, a directory of Gallup certified strengths coaches that you can tap into. A lot of resources out there, but I would encourage you um, 
you all to really lean into that concept of strength uh, during uh, this challenging time. Ryan, anything to add there? Yeah, I, uh, that's great. Um, I think it's a good reminder to us that we're all so unique and um, there's a lot of prompts, there's a lot of advice giving, there's a lot of idea sharing on social media. And um, it's important for us to remember that we're really unique and we don't have to um, follow the habits of somebody else to achieve that level of whatever we're trying to get, whether it's health or health or wealth or career um, pursuits. And when we, when we have a better, clearer idea of who we are and what we do really well, then I'll, a lot of these elements of well-being will fall into place. Great. Uh, so I'll prompt one more time for questions. It doesn't look like any questions have come in at this point. Um, one other resource that I want to mention, just to give give anybody one more minute if they have any questions, is uh, uh, Carol Dweck's uh, uh, growth mindset TED Talk. Uh, that TED Talk I, has, I think, is is very appropriate right now. It directly links to Ronke's work that I referenced at the at the start right now, or at the start of the of the webinar. Um, so track down that TED Talk, or I'll send that TED Talk through on the follow up. It's uh, probably about a 20 minute talk, but I think it's a a, a very um, solid framework in terms of of shifting your mindset uh, to a more positive mindset. Uh, given the circumstances that we're facing currently. Um, so one thing that I wanted to mention is, so on an ongoing uh, basis, every Wednesday, uh, I'm hosting uh, Ikigai Wednesdays, uh, which is a weekly 45-minute Zoom meeting that's designed to prioritize well-being and tackle social isolation and loneliness. Uh, how do we leverage technology in a way to, you know, make space for people so that they can think about what's important to them uh, and then put a very simple framework in place to um, accomplish a very simple goal. So on each Wednesday, we focus on one of the six dimensions of well-being. So the well-being dimensions that I use within the Ikigai curriculum are social physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, and professional. And that's the sequence in which we uh, engage each one of those topics. Uh, yesterday was the first, uh, the first um, Ikigai Wednesday where we tackled the social. Uh, next week, it'll be physical. Um, and then we'll obviously go on intellectual, emotional, spiritual, and professional. Um, it's an opt-in every single time uh, you can come in and what we do in that session is a bit of uh, discovery work where you just talk, uh, I'll prompt some questions, you'll write down some insights uh, and then we break out into groups. So you'll be in small groups of three to five where you'll have the opportunity to talk to others about the insights that they uncovered, the objective or the goal. We, uh, we create a seven-day goal and we talk about uh, what you can accomplish over the course of the next 15 minutes uh, because we intentionally designed it around a 45 minute Zoom meeting. So we're operating, uh, typically we're operating on 60 hour, or excuse me, 60 minute blocks. So if we can do it for 45 
And then you've got 15 minutes just to sit on this stuff, reflect on it, and start to execute, take one step toward this seven-day goal on this particular well-being domain. Um, that's Ikigai Wednesdays. Uh, I'll mention it's, a, it's $10 to join. If anyone has any financial hardship or any concerns, shoot an email to info at gvg17.com. We'll send you uh, a code to get in for free. Uh, and I'll check one more time for Q&A. Looks like there's no Q&A here. Um, and Ryan, any final thoughts before we close it out? Um, let's see. You know, I think there's just, there's just a lot of different ways that we can establish a new normal in terms of everything well-being. Um, and really, we're kind of forced to. Like we have to figure out how we can do our work at home if we if we can't be at home or if we can't be at work. Um, we've got to figure out how to eat better, how to sleep better, and how to move better throughout the day um, in a completely uh, new environment. And um, we're kind of throwing a lot of different challenges all at the same time. We were perhaps underprepared, even though uh, working from home has grown so much over the past five and 10 years, it's that slide that Sam showed, but um, there's still a lot of progress that we can make. And if we just make a little bit of progress every day, then we're gonna feel a lot better about ourselves. That's great, Ryan, thank you. Um, I'll leave you all with a, with a remark that I make to my kids every single day. So I've got three of them. Uh, the two of them, when I take them to school, I always say, uh, I'll say, what are our two words? And the two words that they that uh, I've we've kind of integrated into our routine on the mornings is kindness and respect, and it's kindness and respect for ourselves and for others or each other, and so that's become the mantra, the intention within our household. I encourage you all to embrace that mantra uh, yourself: kindness and respect for yourself, kindness and respect for for each other, and uh, stay positive out there, stay safe, and thank you for uh, participating in today's webinar.